Amen. Good job, John Henry. Thanks for letting your mom sing with you. He is a good, good father. We are in Revelation 8, 7 through 13 this morning as we continue on looking at the seventh seal. Verse 7 through 13 of chapter 8, if you will stand in our great God's honor, I'm going to read from the text. The first angel sounded his trumpet and there came hell and fire mixed with blood and it was hurled down upon the earth. A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel sounded his trumpet, and something like a huge mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood, a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star blazing like a torch fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. As I watched, I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blasts about to be sounded by the other three angels. Let's pray. Father, you are the great God. We are to worship you, Lord. And Father, it is very humbling to read about your coming judgment, Lord. As we look at a world that wants to forget you, act as if you never even existed. That somehow we are the captain of our own vessels. That somehow we are the most powerful of all. That somehow we Deserve worship. God, as we look at your word, as we look at this prophecy, Father, the future, Lord, all we can say is thank you for Jesus. And Father, other people need to know about Jesus. And I just pray in our little time together that you would speak and that we would be reminded of you. And that you'd give us a heart, Lord, to be your missionaries. Where you want us to go. Give us an awareness of you. Give us a heart that's in tune with you, the living God. And uh, you are a good, good father. I pray that people are able to see, to see how good you are. That you sent your one and only son. Um, Father, continue to speak to our hearts as we want to worship you in the time left. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. One of the popular curriculums uh, spreading not just in our country, 
but around the world is called International Baccalaureate. And the emphasis of this curriculum has to do with ecology and with our environment. And instead of objective truth, there are one world standards where we should all see things the same way and be in total agreement. Instead of a type of truth that pertains to everybody, there is more of a standard about this place upon which we live and how we are to care for it. As a matter of fact, in our land, it seems that maybe the biggest idol of all has become Mother Nature. Has become worship of creation instead of worship of the Creator. We have special days set aside for this in our land. One headline I saw, it said, Earth Day, something we can all believe in. Many churches, as they have come to cooperate together with not just the Christian faith, but with Muslims and rabbis, all together to form what they call a network of global warming and the pulpit pledge, and to put an emphasis upon taking care of our land. Some of the sermons uh, that were recommended Penguins and polar bears and people too. Passover and the global climate crisis. One preacher I read about, he had a day where he had the children go throughout the church to find the things that are destructive in our environment, like styrofoam cups, and to find possible good things that help the earth. And he spoke about the hymnal they used and how it was filled with songs about water and how everybody should want to use that hymnal and especially those Baptists should want to use (laughs) that particular hymnal. But the problem with worshiping creation instead of the creator, the problem with taking out the creator is the one who ultimately becomes in charge. It's me and you. It's us. We become the mastermind. We become the one who calls the shots. Ultimately, it's just a sneaky way to say, God, I'm bigger than you. Or God, I'm going to be the one who calls the shots. In Washington, D.C., on the eastern side of the city's tallest structure, 555 feet up in the air, and the sun reflects each morning... On a message, a Latin message, which says, Los Deo, which means, praise be to God. And now, as I look at our founding fathers, how genius they appear. It may be the reason they wrote it in Latin up there is because, you know, that way nobody can read it, so they're not going to take it down if they knew what those words really meant. You see, I'm not saying that we should have a a thoughtless use of this world. We're called to be good stewards. We're called to take care of the earth. We're not called to be wasteful or to be destructive. And of course, we're reminded as we see this storm barreling at the moment. I just heard it change course. I haven't kept up with it this morning from originally what I heard. And, And of course... Not just Irma, but we think about Harvey, and then we think about Jose behind, and 
uh, Katia. And the storms just appear to keep coming. Earthquakes, fires. And yet, the Lord talks about that there will come a time, there will come a judgment that the destruction that may be caused by mankind will be nothing in comparison to what His judgment will bring. There'll be more water polluted than man ever polluted. More animals will die than we've ever tried to preserve. More trees than man ever planted will be destroyed. Matter of fact, it'll come to a point where all that is left is a ball of fire where what we know now will be destroyed and God will create a new heaven and a new earth. This is what is declared in Revelation 21 within his scripture. You know, it's bothered me this week as I don't spend a lot of time on social media. I'll just kind of browse through real quickly. And it's amazing who got the blame for these storms. Everybody. All these little groups. Names of certain politicians. I don't want to even go in there with that. On both sides of whatever that is. It's that fault or that fault. Or, or this group, they're to blame. Or this particular segment of sinners are to blame. Let me tell you who's to blame. Everybody who turns away from God. And all of us have that within us. It's called the sinful nature. And if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ, we'd be condemned. The Bible says we're condemned already until the forgiveness of His Son redeems us, sets us free. Let's jump in our text here. Look at this judgment that will come. In verse 7, we see the first trumpet which impacts the earth's surface the first angel sounded his trumpet. Notice it says, There came hell and fire mixed with blood. It was hurled down upon the earth. A third of the earth was burned up. A third of the trees were burned up. And all the green grass was burned up. Notice there was something left to burn up. <laughs> At this point, we had not destroyed it all. As uh, we seem to receive these messages all the time that we're in the process of destroying the whole planet. Um, What an amazing word here that we learn. Hell, fire, mixed with blood coming down upon this planet. Everything we fear, everything we hear, nuclear fallout and all these other uh, interpretations of the judgment to come. And yet there's no reason to believe that this is not exactly what it sounds like in the judgment that is upon us. Just like the judgment in the ten plagues that God sent to Egypt, a literal judgment may be exactly what occurs as he describes the judgment. Matter of fact, as you go down through these verses, verse 7, there's references to the earth and trees. Verse 8, references to the sea. Verse 9, Uh, references to creatures that swim in the sea and ships. Verse 10, rivers and springs are mentioned. Verse 11, the waters of the rivers and springs. And verse 12, sun and the moon and the stars. It'll signal a terrifying storm that's going to destroy a, a third of everything that's green will be wiped out from trees all the way down to grass. And then there's a second trumpet we read in verses 8 and 9 about. 
The second angel sounded his trumpet, and something like a huge mountain, a blaze was thrown into the sea, a third of the sea. Turned into blood. What a sight. A third of the living creatures in the sea die. What devastation. And even a third of the ships were destroyed. A picture here, this idea of a huge mountain, some have interpreted to be like an asteroid that flies from space onto this planet and causes this devastation. And uh, One writer had said if it landed in the ocean, a specific place could easily produce a tidal wave a thousand feet high. A tsunami that could wipe out huge areas. The water described here, it's interesting. And the description of blood is uh, hema from which we get our root word uh, for hematology, which is the study of blood. And it, it seems to be a picture of that judgment in Egypt where the Nile... The water was actually turned into blood, that water of the Nile. These ships that were destroyed, the smell of death all around, uh, obviously the impact seafood industry. Obviously it will affect those who are dependent upon that as a source of food, whether it's for work or whether it's just to eat. And, and then the third trumpet that's described in verses 10 and 11, it's a great star, blazing like a torch. And we read that it falls from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. And it tells us the name of the star is Wormwood. And that a third of the waters turned bitter and many people died from the waters that had become Bitter. Matter of fact, uh, as it talks about the fire, it's a word actually used ancient times to speak of a torch, a lit torch to signify like a burning meteor that would come out of space. And in this judgment, there will be a disintegration as it comes into the earth's atmosphere and there will be destruction and there will be a poisoning of the waters. Now, some said, how could this affect all of the rivers and all of the the waters, but just a few rivers have just a huge impact upon the, all the waters. As a matter of fact, it mentions here an article I read that the rivers, certain ones, range in length from the Amazon, 4,000 miles long, to the Rio de la Plata, 150 miles long. And these principal rivers could be used to spread this judgment, this poison, onto all of the waters. Matter of fact, wormwood was a reference to a plant that grew in Palestine. It had a bitter ta- has a bitter taste, and it's 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 a reference to the bitterness of God's judgment, a painful judgment. It's a picture of that judgment in Jeremiah that refers to people eating and drinking a coming judgment that will occur. I mean. This is dark stuff. This is not the particular form of the text in Revelation I enjoy preaching. But the truth of the matter is, it is a true part of God's word that should be heeded. There is coming a time of judgment.
people want to talk about the love of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God. He is a good, good father. All that is true, but that in no way, that in no way means that he is less holy. That in no way means that he looks upon sin with any less disdain. That in no way means that he will let our sins go without the judgment that those sins deserve. And and we all worship something. It's interesting as you even hear those that say there's no God. Guess what? They are worshiping their own gods. We worship. If we worship money, we'll give our life to making money. As some people do. I remember one guy that uh, I went to see. And he had told me his plan of working. He was become a millionaire. His plan was to become a millionaire by the time he was like 35. The problem was, as he described to me his plan, there will be nobody left to share it with. He'll have no family. Because all he'll do is work. And he'll make everybody else miserable. As I listened to him describe his plan of constant, non-stop work and doing whatever was necessary to get ahead and to push others out of the way in that process. Those who um, look to their God being sexual immorality, they become slaves of their passions. Look, no matter how much that other person might make your heart pitter-patter or make you burn with passion, that person can never totally fulfill what you ultimately need. It's going to be a letdown. Or those who are constantly pursuing advocacy for animals, who enjoy animals, but saving the animals, although it is a good cause, it is not the way of salvation. Our animals in and of themselves, as much as I love them, that is not the way I'm ultimately going to be happy. And they do like to be petted and fed and all that stuff for sure. Um, And then one last trumpet and I'm done. Roman 12. Verse 12. There's a description of this fourth trumpet. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck. A third of the moon. A third of the stars. So that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light. And also a third of... The night. Now, um, if the sun lost a third of its power, the earth would freeze solid. So I don't think this is a reference saying that the sun will lose a third of its power, its its strength. But the reference here is that God will only allow the celestial bodies that provide light for the planet to operate at a diminished rate. Not totally losing a third of the power but a diminished rate to bring forth God's plan of judgment. Listen to this prophecy from Amos chapter 8, verse 9. In that day declares the sovereign Lord, I'll make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. It's a judgment that is around the corner that will occur. There's several scriptures that Talk about signs and and judgments. Uh, I just 
without reading them just quickly. Deuteronomy 29.3, Psalm 19.1 that talks about the heavens declaring the glory of God. Romans 1.20 that talks about the majesty of God that describe His coming judgment that will be around the corner. Now, one last verse. Verse 13, which describes a warning. As the chapter closes... As I watched, I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a loud voice, Woe, 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 woe to the inhabitants of the earth because the trumpet blast's about to be sounded by the other three angels. The critics say, Wait a minute, eagles don't talk? How can an eagle talk? Well, if God can have a donkey talk to Balaam, I'm sure he can handle having an eagle make a declaration of judgments that are still to come. Trumpet blasts from three angels. In other words, and this is a warning because it closes that there are judgments to come and we better look to God. We better turn to God. We, we, we better repent and move our hearts toward the living God. There are those that talk about how this planet's going to waste away in billions of years. Stars will be exhausted of, of their fuel. The oceans will freeze. The sky will become totally dark. And there will be black holes and nuclear debris. And, you know, how can we get out of here? And you have those who are looking for a way out. And they talk about other dimensions. And some scientists talk about a, a way to reach those dimensions. Wormholes. If only there was a gateway to another universe. And there's a couple of science fiction shows I've watched that I get so confused because they go to this dimension and that dimension and I don't know what dimension they're in and I'm just totally confused. But praise be to God, there is another land. There is another place. And there is a way to get there. And the truth of the matter is, that is what the gospel is all about. This planet is on a course of destruction. And things will one day be troubled. But God has said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. What does that mean? It means... God has provided a way in His Son, Jesus Christ, to escape a coming judgment. That way is through realizing that we cannot be perfect, that we cannot please a holy God in and of ourselves, we cannot save ourselves, we can't save the planet. We need to be saved, we need a Savior. And that's what the scripture declares. And so at the moment that you come to grips with that. And you say okay God. I need you to step in and save me. Forgive me. When we are willing to see we need forgiveness. Then the way of the cross. The way of God's perfect lamb. Jesus Christ. Who died on a cross. Who rose from the grave. Who see at the right hand of the father. That way is available for all of us. And the message of the gospel that always goes out is if you're breathing and you're listening, it's not too late to receive that message. If there is anyone here who hasn't 
What a great time to receive. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your forgiveness that is available in Christ. I pray, Father, that you would move in us and among us, through us, that we would respond to whatever you want of us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.